Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Welcome into the latest episode of the Five on the Floor podcast on the Five Reasons Sports Network. I'm Ethan Skolnick. Before we get to today's episode, do you know what you need to do to get through this football season in South Florida, which is about as awful as it can possibly get? You need to go to BetDSI.com. That's BetDSI.com. Type in the promo code 5101. That's F-I-V-E 101. You will get a bonus when you get on there, so it makes it a little bit easier to bet if you screw up at first. And you can go on and bet against the Dolphins every single week. I decided not to do it in week three, and I was like, ah, that was a good decision. I was watching them actually be competitive against the Cowboys, and then they became the Dolphins again. So if you want to bet against the Dolphins every single week, this week coming up against the Chargers, they're a home dog. They're going to be a dog in just about every game this season, uh, except maybe the Jets at home. And you can go on there and make all of your bets on the NBA as well. So get in there and get your futures bets. I believe the Heat right now are 43 and a half on BetDSI.com. So if you feel good about the Heat, as I do, as I've convinced Alf to be as well, go on to BetDSI.com, get your futures bets in. You could do live betting as well. So go there, 5101. That's F-I-V-E 101, BetDSI.com. And now on to today's episode. Welcome to Five on the Floor, a Miami Heat and NBA podcast from Ethan Skolnick with Alvon Sydney, a.k.a. Alf954, brought to you by the Five Reasons Sports Network. All right, Ethan Skolnick back here with you, and we are doing part four of a five-part series as we head up into training camp. The news came today. I knew this for a few days, but we were sort of sworn to secrecy. Jimmy Butler press conference is coming up on Friday at 1 o'clock at the arena. We'll have live coverage for you there and tape a podcast, do a 305 Live, and everything else that we do, write up a story for 5reasonsports.com. So Jimmy Butler, after traveling throughout Europe the entire summer, then he came back. Pat Riley was gone, so they decided to wait until right before media day. They didn't want to do it on media day, which is coming up next Monday because that'll be a circus. So they're going to introduce him on Friday. They're actually introducing Myers Leonard informally on Wednesday. So as you listen to this episode, I'm probably going to be at the arena writing that up and tweeting that from five reasons sports. So we've done three of these episodes already about the biggest issues coming into camp. The first two, I was joined by Alphonse Sidney and Alex Toledo, who you hear a lot from this year. And we covered a, is Jimmy Butler a true number one and, and B uh, we also got into the point guard situation and who should be the point guard this season, Goran Dragic or justice Winslow episode three, we brought on Giancarlo Navas. Uh, we hope you enjoyed that. I didn't as much. No, I did, actually. Uh, enjoy being on there with G, the host of Miami Heat Beat. And we got into who's the real number two on this team, and we picked four different guys and never really totally settled it. And now we're going to do two more episodes with another member of Miami Heat Beat, Christian Hernandez. Christian, thank you for joining us. 
Of course. I'm always glad to be here. Well, you sounded. Um, so you changed before we before we go forward, because I, I don't think a lot of people know your real name. They know you by your handles. And you changed your handle. I mean, you're not verified, so you can get away with that. But you changed your handle from the Maple Rick to I Can Be Your Hero. And I just want to ask you, because I remember listening to the Heat Beat podcast on the night that uh, the Tyler Harrow was drafted. And at the time, you were not a fan. Uh, <laughs> I love but, that you're bringing this up. Right? <laughs> right? I literally that- was like, I was stunned silence on draft night because we were all so, because I think we were, we were doing a live podcast that night. And we were so jacked up because Seko Dumbuya had fallen, and I hope I said his name right, you that he had fallen to, to the heat slot. And we're all just like, just send in the pick. Take it, take it. And we're all celebrating. We're all getting ramped up because the, the, la- the two, three picks before that, like, who's the guy that Gianni likes, the guy because he sounds like he might be an anime character. He went to the <laughs> Wizards. Like, nobody was <laughs> expecting that. Like, and then all of a sudden, it's Tyler Hero. And obviously, like, we hadn't done a ton of – I personally hadn't done a ton of research on Tyler Hero because I thought he was going to be more of like a, you know, very late lottery, probably like end of the middle of the first round kind of guy. And so I didn't even bother like looking at him much. But now that I've seen a few workout videos and I've seen uh, kind of uh, his entire general swagger, I've changed my opinion. Yeah, I was going to say, uh, I, did Fraud. you lose a bet? Did, did you lose a bet? Because cause listening to that podcast that night, Alf and I were down at the arena – and I listened to it after you guys taped the next day, or you taped that night at the time, but I, I listened to it the next day. Nikias Duncan threatened to quit. Um, you know, it, 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 if, did. If, I, I was not the loudest one about it. I, no, I no, it was, ac- it was actually Nikias. And now Nikias has written this really nice piece for Five Reasons Sports a couple months you know, during Summer League about what he brings offensively. It feel, I feel like all of you guys have turned on him in a positive way. Is it just swagger? Is it him dominating a bunch of five, six guys from China? Like, wh- what is it, uh, Christian, that, that turned you onto him after you were so turned off? It's the short shorts. Maybe I mean, I, I will say, now that I've followed him on Instagram for a few months, and that's kind of a lie, too, because I don't really even use Instagram. But I've seen pictures on Twitter from Instagram, and I am a big fan of his general style. But in terms of his basketball, the biggest thing, honestly, right off the bat that he brings is a guy who can make a basket off the dribble. And that is something that the Heat have needed for, uh, I mean, a while. At least someone who can do it relatively efficiently. So you got to hope he can bring that. No doubt. The other voice you hear, of course, is Alphonse Sidney. You can follow him at Alf954. So here, we're going to do two episodes with Christian. The first one, Tyler Harrow plays into this because basically, you know, I don't know if the Heat have enough shooting this year. And, you know, the two issues we're going to cover here are shooting and then we're going to cover rebounding. And we'll get to rebounding in the next step. But the shooting situation for the Heat, like, I feel like you go to the big three teams and they had all of that shooting, right? You had Ray Allen, you had Mike Miller, and they couldn't, James Jones couldn't even get on the floor. You had Shane Battier, you had Chris Bosh stepping out to three, and all of these guys playing off LeBron and Dwayne. But recent years, the Heat have at times, with the exception of Wayne Ellington, struggled to shoot it consistently from deep. And I don't know if they necessarily are going to be able to do it that well this year. So before we get to some of the specifics of kind of, you know, how Eric can make this easier on some of these guys, can you go through some of the numbers that you sent us, you know, that we were taking a look at on this beautiful spreadsheet uh, that we got today? And, and what would sort of concern you about the current roster and who are the guys that need to step forward? So 
Yeah, obviously shooting is a big problem because the Heat ranked uh, in Synergy Sports, they were the 29th best offense or the second worst offense in the NBA last season. Uh, there was really nothing about their offense that stood out on other than spot-up shooting. So it's not like it's shooting across the board that's an issue. It's kind of situational shooting. They, they aren't a very good free-throw – I mean, they're, let me rephrase. They're a terrible free-throw shooting team. Mm-hmm. Um, they are not a good team finishing around the basket, which is obviously another very important thing. Um, you know, it's, it's difficult – and especially with the way that the league is trending towards, you know, three pointers and towards, you know, finishing around the rim. Those are two areas where it's kind of tough that you're not good at either one, you know, and, and three point shooting, there's the heat have never had a guy, at least not in the last few years who has the skill and honestly the balls to just take, shoot up an uncontested three or uh, an unassisted three, you know, just like, on the just dribbling the ball up, just kind of like the kind of things that you know you see Damian Lillard doing, Steph Curry doing, James Harden doing, and that's another trend that we see in the league, and it's happening on successful teams. So you have to wonder, do you need somebody like that? Do you need somebody who isn't going to rely on you know running a perfectly executed pick and roll or running a series of screens to get loose? Sorry, I, I don't know if I went all over the place there. <laughs> no, you're fine. Well, I think part of the problem is last year, one of the only guys that was willing to do that was Dion Waiters, and he wasn't healthy. Um, when you uh, when the Heat went on their 30-11 and 11 run, you had Dion, uh, you had a better, uh, more a healthier, uh, more aggressive James Johnson, and you had some of those guys. But I think I think we're underestimating how much the the injuries to Dion and JJ hurt the team offensively last year, especially when it comes to Dion, because Dion was one of the few guys outside of Dwayne and Goron that was uh, consistently creating his own shot the year before. Now, Justice and J- Josh Richardson came into their own a little bit, but we saw Josh's limitations, and um, Justice can create for others more than he can create for himself. Um, so I'm excited. And I, don't, I, know you, I know you're not uh, super high on Dion, but you're not like, one of these Dion just haters. What? How do you feel about D, what Dion can bring to the table this year as in full health? Um, I, I agree with what you just said. Um, I think that he can be that guy. You know, his first year in Miami, even though it was for a relatively limited limited stretch. But like, you know, one of the things that that I saw today when I was kind of you know doing a little research preparing for this podcast was seeing the drop off in how. Wait a often- second. Wait a second. You do research before the podcast? Oh, God. Are you kidding? I'm not going to just come on here and sound like an asshole. Oh, man. Ethan, I mean, I guess I could do that. I mean, that would probably would be more fun, right? Yeah. I mean, that's like kind of my whole thing. But anyway, go ahead. Christian, do you want to replace Alf? (laughs) (laughs) No, 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 no. no. I don't have the charisma that Alf does. The way Ethan said the beautiful spreadsheet, I was like, oh, my God, he misses Whittingham. (laughs) Well, I do a little bit sometimes, but that's okay. I mean, the the two of you guys just used to argue about all this stuff. But, you know, preparation is good sometimes, Alf. I mean, you know, I like the -the off-the-cuff stuff, but like three minutes would be nice, maybe. Uh, I'll do what I can. Christian, just send me spreadsheets every week. I'm, I'm going to do my best. I'm going to do my best. But, <laughs> right, but, right. yeah, but, but the, the one thing I noticed with Dion is last season, I mean, he's historically every season been, he's getting two or three free throw attempts a game, which obviously is not a ton, but at the same time, he's never played like a huge volume of minutes anyway. 
Um, but last season, last season, he averaged one free throw attempt a game in 44 games. He made 22 free throws in 1,100 minutes last season. If you really think about that, that's, it's like he's avoiding contact. So, mm. like, that right away tells you that he, is, he was not right. And obviously, I mean, ob- you know, you try not to take, make too much of these workout videos since everyone's been watching Carmelo Anthony look at the greatest player ever for, like, four consecutive summers. But he looks noticeably different. And it's also interesting he's working out with Chris Paul. No, it, that, well, that is interesting. But, it, well, look, I mean, you didn't even need to, need to look at the numbers to kind of know that because, I mean, the last three games of the season, he, he was jacking up a three on every possession. Like, it was, it was noticeable that he would not go to the basket. And that's, that's a larger problem with this team. You mentioned the free throw shooting. It's not just that they're bad at it. And obviously adding Tyler Harrow, and you know, that's why he is a big part of this particular podcast, that if you take a look at what he, you know, what they did in terms of free throw shooting last year, you hit on it. I mean, they were 29th in terms of attempts and makes, right? So it's, it's not just that they're bad at it. They don't get there. And as Dwayne sort of declined, they didn't have anybody to get there. Um, on the team you know I and, and look if you look at Dion I mean going down I mean David Rammel's story which you know on, in Forbes you know said he went down to about 215 pounds he was about 240 at one point I, I think that will certainly help but it's also you know how they decide to rein him in because I, I'll, I'll ask you this question when, when a guy's jacking up 11 threes and he's making 35 percent of them which is about, about what Dion was doing at the end of last season between 35 and 37 percent which is a pretty healthy percentage is that a good thing for an offense or a bad thing? Because if you just look at it from a pure numbers standpoint, Christian, you would say it's a good thing, right? He's, if you're making threes at a 37% clip and taking that high a volume, it's pretty good for an offense, right, in terms of true, true shooting percentage. But you're also not allowing anybody else to get anything else going. How would you view that? Um, I mean, I guess this isn't obviously the same kind of context, but, you know, in the playoffs, Steph Curry is not as prolific of a shooter as he is during the regular season for obvious reasons, especially as you go deeper into the playoffs. You know, I'm pretty sure in his finals career, I'm pretty sure he's shooting like the high 30s on very high volume. So do you ask yourself, does Steph Curry suddenly not become a great player? No, it's because of all the other things that Steph Curry does apart from his incredible shooting. Is that that's what makes him an elite player. So Dion has to bring those other aspects. I mean, last season, defensively, like, you know, he, he was – his first season here, he was very sharp defensively. And I was not prepared for that. And obviously, he's been injured for the most – for the majority of the time ever since. So it's hard to really gauge what he can do on the defensive side of the ball. But he was super well-rounded that first season. And that's why the Heat really surprised people once he got healthy and back into the flow of things. Um, you know, I just, I just hope he's committed, and I hope he also understands that his role is not guaranteed, and he's willing to fight for it and deal with any, you know, hiccups and speed bumps that come along the way. I think what you're saying makes sense, and it's my, my the thing I, I like Dion, right? And if you read my timeline, you'd probably call me a liar, but for the for I, I, I think a healthy Dion is a really big asset to this team. I eventually think he's going to be a huge contributor off the bench because I think they're going to bring Tyler Hero in to start. Me and Ethan have talked about this after the All-Star break. At some point, I think Tyler Hero is going to be the starting shooting guard on this team. But what happens sometimes is I feel like Dion takes you out of the flow of the offense. And, yeah, it's great that he can create his own shot, but the fact that a lot of times him creating his own shot comes at 
the detriment of the overall offense. And it comes as the first, the first resort of the offense where he's the initiator and he's, instead of looking for somebody else, creating, getting into the offense, running something, he's just kind of blowing up the whole thing right from the beginning. So I think that's, I think, and this is where, and Ethan made a good point um, either today or yesterday about what happens when Eric Spolscher has a team with a clear alpha and a clear go-to guy. I think the fact that Jimmy Butler's on this team is going to rein in some of Deion Waiters' um, tendencies, if you will. Um, and I don't know what you, what you think about that. Do you think that because – not to say that Dwayne wasn't an alpha, but Dwayne was a declining alpha last year. On on a court with just with, with Jimmy Butler, is Dion Waiters? Um, it, it, do you think some of those tendencies will be reined in? I, I it's I mean that's kind of why I was saying before that I hope that he accepts whatever role he ends up in because I mean if you're just looking if you're looking forward thinking with the Heat, who are their top three players right now? Well, Jimmy. A, yeah, Jimmy. I mean, well, this is the debate we have, I have with Johnny because I think there are really four options for two and three. And I think it's a, it depends on what you're looking at for this year into the future. I think you can make a case that, that Goran Dragic and uh, that Goran Dragic and Dion Waiters could be their second and third leading scorers this year uh, in, in some order. And yet for the franchise to really go anywhere, it ultimately needs to be Justice and Bam. But I, I very much think it could be those two guys. And I don't know necessarily that the Heat would hate that because they might be able to flip one of those two guys if they want to before the trade deadline, if they're playing at a high level. But I, I, I think this team always trends towards experience and veterans. And I, I think some of it depends on role for Goron. But I wouldn't be – if I was to say right now who's going to be the second leading scorer on this team, I think it's going to be Dragic. And, and, yeah. I th- and my next you know, choice would be, would be Waiters. You know what's funny, Ethan? I don't think the second leading scorer or the third leading scorer necessarily means the second or third best player on the team. Oh, I agree with that. Cause I think the second or third best player on the team could be Bam and justice in some order. Yeah. But I, I think, I, I, no but I think the second and third leading scores are going to be, I think if they're healthy, I think it's Goran and Dion. I guess I, I guess I guess I have kind of a hot take. I think the second leading scorer is going to be Bam. I think that's the best possible thing that could happen for the organization. If, that, if that's what happens, that's, I mean. Now, why do you say that? Because Johnny and I had, if people should listen to that podcast I did with Navis. They, uh, Johnny didn't agree with that at all. Like, Johnny is really low on Bam. Well, no, yeah, Johnny is very low on Bam. So that does, that's not surprising to hear. Okay, but what, now the case I made to him about Bam, and we'll get back to sort of the long-range shooting and all that in a second. But the, the case I made to him on Bam is that, I mean, other than Kelly and doing the dribble handoff stuff, and obviously you hope Kelly improves from three and getting in a more consistent role this year helps him do that. But other than that, I, I mean, everything they're going to run in terms of pick and roll and everything else is going to be with Bam. He's going to get all of these easy looks at the rim. He's a vertical player. Like, I, I think and, – and Jimmy is a great pick and roll player and a very good passer in those situations. And so I just think that Bam's going to get a lot of cheapies before he even develops that kind of 10 to 13-foot face-up game that I think will make him really dynamic. Why do you think he'd be the second? Those that's Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.
the case I made for him. Why do you think he'll be the second leading scorer on the team? Okay, so part of my rationale is that I'm kind of and and it's really it's probably not a smart bet, just historically how the Heat have treated the subject, but. I am making a bet that Jimmy Butler's presence is going to result in the Heat running more in transition. And I don't think there's anybody that's going to benefit more from that than Bam, who was already essentially the Heat's best transition player last season. Um, and on top of what you said, he's, he's shown that he's a capable shooter. In very, very small samples, he's shown that he can operate in one-on-one situations. And he's actually, last season on – was it 20 attempts so it's very small sample but he shot 45 percent off the dribble you know he has like a natural feel to shoot the ball it's just he's never really been asked to do it and then obviously he can also set a pick and set a devastating role where he leaps over your head and destroys your soul and puts you on a poster so there's a lot of different things that he can bring to the table and I think having both justice continuing to mature as a playmaker and a guy like Jimmy Butler who can essentially do it all offensively is really just going to open things up for him. Okay, let's go back to like what this was. Uh, this show was originally about. <laughs> which was, I get I get excited about the Dion Waiter stuff because I just I honestly I really think he's going to have a good season. But um, going back to shooting, is Myers Leonard? Because I, I know whenever we talk about shooting, we talk about Hero. Um, I think we have to talk about Justice more because Justice was essentially their best three point shooter last year, and I think that's gone under the radar. Uh, as far as percentage is concerned. Um, but I think Justice is going to be big when it comes to their to to the, the three-point shooting prowess. But putting aside Harrow, putting aside Goron, putting aside Justice, I think Myers Leonard is a guy that people aren't looking at enough that could honestly give you a nice punch off the bench. And if he shot three, four, five threes a game and hit him at a 35 40% clip, I think that can add a lot. What do you see from Myers this year? I mean, I, I, you're getting the exact opposite that you had in Hassan Whiteside. Like, especially as, as after I saw that trade and I really got a chance to dig in more into, like, who Myers is as a player. He, um, he is literally the opposite of Hassan. He, he lives on the outside offensively. You know, he, he, he can operate inside, but that's not really where his strength is, obviously especially if you can get three points on a shot instead of two. Um, defensively, it's, it's not pretty. I'm not going to like dress it up for you. So you kind of have to hope that his ability to open things up for the rest of the offense, as well as hitting you know, three-pointers at, at a high percentage, would bring enough value so that you know, any shortcomings he has defensively kind of get compensated for. Um, but I think he's a good fit. I mean, I think, I think – I think Spo really misses having just kind of roster flexibility when it comes to, you know, being able to run different things offensively and defensively. I don't think Myers is really going to help defensively. We're talking about shooting right now, and he's definitely going to help shooting. So the one thing on Myers that I noticed, though, is uh, the attempts were so low in Portland. And part of that's a product of minutes, but even per minute. I mean, he just he didn't take a lot of threes when he seems to be able to hit them at a pretty high clip. Do you think, I mean, do, will we see a double there per minute, do you think? Because I, I would think that Eric gets a hold of him and, and sees the potential for him as a three-point shooter and is basically going to tell him what he's told other guys, which is, you know, empty the clip, basically. I, w- would you anticipate that? I mean, it, it's funny. We, we all just saw Brooke Lopez play for Team USA, right? Do, do we think that he would have made Team USA if he didn't transform himself into this high-volume three-point shooter? Right, right. 
Right. So, I mean, that, that's what I would anticipate. I, I think Myers Permitted is going to double the three-point attempts, and I think Kelly's are going to go up too. I want to get to some of these specific guys, and Alf raised the, the justice question, and we'll get to that right after the break. But I want to tell you about another great sponsor of the Five Reasons Sports Network. That is Magic City Casino. You've got to check out the high. That's J-A-I. If you've ever watched Highlight, it's a great, fast game. It's a Miami game. And they play it, and you can bet on it at Magic City Casino at the high. But what makes this different is it's also a nightclub. So go check it out on Friday and Saturday night. They've got full beer selection, full liquor selection. Uh, Alf and I have gone out there. It's a great time. You know, get to know some of the players that you're out there. Bet on some of the matches. And also, of course, uh, you know, watch some games because they've got TVs there and back there and everything else. So go check out the high. It's Magic City Casino. It's right there in Miami. We're probably going to try to do an event there. If, if, if the Canes are compelling at all later this season, we're going to try to do uh, something for a Hurricanes game out there on one of these Saturday nights. So go check out the high at Magic City Casino. All right. Alf mentioned justice. And, you know, it is crazy to think about this, but with Wayne Ellington gone last year, justice became their best three-point shooter, and he shot 38% again while doubling the volume from the previous year. A, do you think he can repeat that, Christian? B, do you think he can shoot at higher volume? And C, does it make any difference whether he's playing the point guard full-time or whether he's sliding over to maybe the three or even the four because Goron's logging a lot of those minutes? Yeah, I, th- that's kind of something that I was, I was thinking about while, while Alf, Alf was talking before. Um, you're going to have guys like Jimmy, Goron, and Dion likely at different points on the court with Justice at the same time. Obviously, those guys are used to having the ball in their hands. And considering Justice was their best volume three-point shooter last season, I believe it was him and Dion were like, were like neck and neck. But considering that, you would think that he is probably going to be used off ball a fair amount you know, as a spacer which is not a bad idea, if it, especially if it leads to open looks that he can drain. Um, but, yeah, it's, it's, it's going to be interesting to see how Spo, you know, balances that. I think, I think this is going to be a really interesting year for Spo, especially considering how poor the offense was last season because he has, he has more tools at his disposal now. Um, and he's, it's going to be fun to see how he uses it, especially Justice, because Justice, I mean, they've admitted as much that they love the general utility that he brings. Christian, and I, I feel like we're just interviewing you, but it's okay because I'm tired of talking to Ethan. And Ethan's tired of talking to me. Um, <laughs> and we've had these conversations with each other, like, over this entire summer. So I want to ask you because Ethan and I have kind of come to, cons- to the consensus that uh, Waiters is probably going to be the starter. I, w- I think we both agree that the starting lineup will most likely be Winslow, Waiters, Jimmy, Olenek, and Bam. And I think that's I think that's a smart way to start the year, but because of the shooting, um, and because of uh, Wade's ability to 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 basically create his own shot along with Goron, I think he's a better asset off the bench. We both think that Hero is going to be the uh, the starter by the All Star break. Are you on that same wavelength? Do you think that he's going to start? Do you see from the beginning of the year? Do you not think he's going to see? the starting lineup all year. Where do you think – what do you think happens with Hero this year? With Oh, I think you were going to ask me about Dion. With, with Hero, I mean – No more Dion talk. We've talked enough about Dion. Yeah, I, that's, I, I, that's, get, I go overboard with the Dion stuff. I but, mean, 
I obviously it would be a lot of fun just for my new general brand if Tyler were to become the new starting you know shooting guard sooner than later. But at the same time, you know the Heat kind of historically have have slowly incorporated you know rookies and young players. You know I guess really with the exception of Justice, just because of how valuable he was defensively in his rookie season as they made that playoff run, and Josh too, obviously both of them. Um, but yeah, it's I'm I'm I, obviously he's going to help you know the the second team. That second team is going to be pretty fun if you really look at it. You're going to have okay. So let's say the scenario that that you were talking about plays out where you've got Justice, Dion, and Jimmy in the in the in the starting lineup. Then you've got what you've got Goron leading the bench with Tyler Hero, Derek Jones Jr., Myers Leonard, and. I guess who would be playing the three in that lineup? Well, James Johnson, right? Would probably get James Johnson. I was, right? I'm, I'm sorry. Yeah. So that's actually it's you're really playing like Derek Jones at the three, mm-hmm. which is which is a pretty big athletic lineup. You've got some spotted shooting, and you've got Goron running it. Goron could all of a sudden just out of nowhere put up seven, eight assists a game off the bench. You know, if things break right for that bench. Yeah, I think I think, uh, so. I think Goron becomes a six man of the year candidate if that's the case. No, I think so too, and that's that's why I think that's where he belongs. And I, I'm not look. I also think it's very possible that they could start the season uh, with with Goran and Dion starting. I, I think that's possible. Although I, you know, I, I think people would throw a conniption if Winslow's not the starter. Right? I think it's going to there be will be a revolt. On revolt. I, I think it's going it's going to be one of the two of them. But getting back to Hero here, and then we want to hit Chris Paul before we go. You know, his, rookies historically, it's not just the Heat shooters. I did a big story on this about three, four years ago. Guys who come in the league with a shooting reputation typically don't do a hell of a lot that first year. They, find, they struggle to kind of find their spots, find their space in the offense, get off the kind of shots they did in college. I mean, even a guy like J.J. Redick, who became a really good player, did not have a really good rookie year. I mean, most, most guys who come in don't have great rookie years. Buddy Heald did not have a great rookie year. He struggled a lot at times this rookie year. Now he's kind of emerged over time. What have you found historically on that? Because we had David Thorpe on the pod and he basically said, don't count on Tyler Hero at all this season. It's a red shirt year. And he likes him, but he just said, rookies generally suck. Okay. And particularly rookies who come in and they're reliant. I know he can, he can play off the dribble a little bit, which I appreciate. And I saw that up close. It's when I was in Vegas or summer league and he can do it in transition too, which I think is great. But it's not going to all come right away, and, and guys are going to make it hard on him. They're going to crowd him. What have you seen historically for rookies? Like, how much can fans actually expect him to help this year? I mean, I, w- I was just looking up the best reference point that I could find, only because I kind of I compared Tyler to him in the middle of the summer because he was actually a better shooter in college off the dribble than he was than Stephen Curry. But Curry, his rookie season was already shooting 43% from behind the arc. So there was, mm-hmm. there was no at point in the NBA where Curry was really struggling to like make his impact felt. Um, so obviously that's 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 obviously the ceiling, you know. And that we're trying to figure out where Tyler's going to fit from there. He's probably going to be like a, a feast or famine guy, you know. They're probably going to give him some run end of the first quarter, you know, maybe beginning of the second quarter for a while, see if he can hit a few shots. Probably kind of the way that they treated Duncan Robinson at points last season. Um, I, I tend to agree, though. It's it's tough, you know. He's he's not going to be a plus defender. You know, it's going to take him a while to get used to the speed of the game at the NBA level. You know, the the I guess really the grind because you're going to be dealing with these 
even larger men than what you're used to going up against. You know, he's going to be getting hurt. It's very possible he's going to have to used to be getting dinged around a good amount. That's Those are a lot of the general reasons why I feel like young guys just – there's like an acclimation period. But, hey, if he, can, if he can come out and he's in 40% from three in his first month, you don't think they're going to give him more minutes? Yeah, uh, of course. Um, and that's what – that's I'm hoping that's where it leads to a starting position – um, just because I like, I want to see the future of this team. And um, <laughs> speaking of the future of this team, we I guess we have to address this because it's been all over Twitter. Um, the 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 Heat Instagram accounts are going crazy because this is what they do. They just like photoshopping other players in Heat jerseys. So Chris Paul, um, the Chris Paul scuttlebutt is not going away. And there's, there's reasons why it makes sense, right? Because if the Heat could get Chris Paul without giving up anything major, even maybe getting one or two of their first-round draft picks back, maybe you take – I mean, it's Chris Paul. It's not a flyer. Um, and people are even talking about him declining that third year that balloons to $44 million. What do you think of the prospects of Chris Paul coming here and what would that mean for the team? Because that blows up the whole point guard conversation. Because most likely Goran would have to go in that trade. That means Winslow is either starting next to CP3 or he's the point guard off the bench. So what does that do to the Heat? And do you, do you even think it's a viable trade that's going to happen? It's. I mean, that, that's a heavy one. Because it's <laughs> – it's, you, you, you're either <laughs> – you, you're basically if you trade for Chris Paul, you have a window where, because here's my my whole issue with the Chris Paul thing. That last year, he is not going to be a serviceable player, and that is a ton of money. Yep. And if you're trying to compete in this age, it is going to, like if let's say that two years from now that team gets all the way to the conference finals, but they're like right on the cusp. And all of a sudden, they've got how many million is that final season? It's like 40? 44, I think. 40? 40, yeah, $45 million, I think. $45 I mean, it, it, million. Christian, no, it, it, it's crazy. And, and this is why, look, I, I know there was a report today. You know, our producer, Alex Toledo, sent me this. You know, there, was, there was a report today that, you know, Sean Devaney posted. And he's a credible person, you know, that he doesn't want to play for the Thunder, which makes sense. And that the Heat are asking for one pick back. And OKC might be more willing to throw in one of their other picks they received in trades because they got that bounty of trades from the Clippers, which are going to be low, late first, right? I mean, they're, they're, I mean, the Clippers are going to be a top four team in the NBA. I, I don't see any reason you do this. I, I just don't. I, I, to me, you need to get two, two reasonably high picks to do this. You're crippling your franchise. And, you know, Alf and I are, you know, disagreed about Russell Westbrook, and I was pro making the move for Westbrook. This is a different conversation to me. Chris Paul was bad last year. Am I wrong about that, Christian? I mean, he was... Okay, I I probably wouldn't go that far, but he definitely, like, you know, when the decline, the decline started, (laughs) you know, for the, for the, for the five years before that, he's been relatively the same player. Sure. He's probably falling off a little defensively, you know, maybe his shots, not as sharp as it used to be, but last season, his field goal percentage fell by almost five points. His free throw percentage fell to the lowest, to the second, or actually, no, actually he was, he was a, not the best free throw shooter when he first came out, but obviously he eventually got to being like a 90% free throw shooter. He was 92% the season before last dropped to 86. You know, he's, his assists were down. 
you know, from his historic numbers. And again, he's going to be what, 34 this season? You know, he's he's 34 and he's going to be 37 at the end of it. I mean, that's that's the thing. Unless he's going to waive that option, uh, that would be the only way I'd even look at it. And why would he waive that option? He's never going to get that money again. So it's not like at 37, the Heater can give him a three-year deal like a going away present. I I, I just, I don't see it, man. I mean, they didn't give it to Dwayne. Like, I don't, I, I just don't see, I don't see the point of this. And the other part of it that bothers me, and we're going to close because we, we got to get to another episode here. But the other part of it that bothers me is, is I don't want anything else impeding justice's progress at that position, unless yeah. they just don't believe in it or unless he's going to be the guy flipped out there. Um, I, I don't see the point of this, honestly, guys. I just don't. I, and, and I was pro Westbrook in terms of at least looking at that, but not this. I, I just don't see the point of it. Um, our last thing for you here, Christian, in 30 seconds or less, the Heat will finish what? in three-point shooting percentage this year in the league? Three-point shooting percentage, 20th. Okay. Is that good enough for this offense to function? Because no. I think that's about where they're going to be, too. Um, it, on, uh, like, how good this team ends up being is going to be more about how good the, the defense ends up being, which I, I think agree. can be really good. I agree. Uh, it's more agree. about their offense being mediocre and not right. bad. Yeah, I mean, Alpha's talked about if they can get to the top, you know, like, 10 to 15 in offense. I think if they get to 15 in offense, I think that's a positive. I think they're going to be top five defensively. And, right. and as long – if they're top five defensively, and the next thing we're going to get to is rebounding, if they're not awful as a rebounding team, their defense is going to keep them in so many games that I think, again, they're going to win in the high 40s. But I don't think they're going to be great offensively. All right, make sure to follow these guys. Uh, you can follow him at I can be your hero hero i never know how to pronounce it <laughs> it's, it's hero hero i don't know what it is and follow i don't know you totally flipped on him you have no credibility and <laughs> alf 954 alf and of course ethan j skolnick we'll talk to you soon Ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.